we find out that Henry can take a picture through her, but he can only he only was able to take a picture of her feet. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's how that's basically all I have. I wonder if V. Schwab got that inspiration from all those bookstagrammers who like take pictures of their feet. <laughs> I had there's to say people it. who take pictures of your feet. There's yeah. people who take pictures of their feet. Well, you know, they take the perspective of looking down and their feet are in the shot. Like it might be they might have shoes on, but it's like their feet are in the shot. Oh that. <laughs> It's like there's just a bunch of naked feet. No, all over. ew, ew. You make me sound like a weird foot person. Gross. I am not tickling. Welcome to the Novel Universe with Ashley and Dawn, book club buddies who love to read YA fiction. We'll discuss the good, the bad, the ugly, and oh my gosh, we need to talk about this right now. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. So grab something sweet or salty and join our universe. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Novel Universe with your hosts, Dawn and Ashley. And in this episode, we will be finishing up our read-along of The Invisible Life of Eddie LaRue by V. Schwab, and we will be discussing pages 295 through the end of the book. All right, you ready to just jump on in? Let's just do it. Just right. get in there. Let's get in there. <laughs> All right. Uh, we start again with a basically a mark she's left on the world, and it is from Matteo Renati, and it is just one of her lovers. One of her many lovers. Mm-hmm. All right. Chapter one. Addie returns home again fifty years later. What you yeah. Got? So the only thing I had to note here is that like. Um, her father died the same year she did. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Um, it was really sad because I'm like, oh, you know, like, I bet you he died of a broken heart like because yeah. he was just fine. Um, and then we find out that she had a sister who didn't make it either. So that was interesting that she wasn't entirely alone, mm-hmm. you know. And then we see Estelle's grave. She visits her her house or her little hut or if you will i wrote down that like we kind of get like the little logistics of her curse finally like Addie can't make a thing but she can use the thing yeah she can't break something but she can steal it she can't start a fire but yet she can keep it going and i was like okay like that kind of gives us a little bit more of like our boundaries if you will mm-hmm. with this of hers and she hit Luke all off and hit him yeah and these chapters especially when she goes back home I was reminded of your question I don't know if it was the first podcast or the second one I think it was the first one you were talking about how come she seems to revere Estelle more than her own parents and it happens more in these chapters and it might just be because Estelle loved her unconditionally whereas her mother didn't her father did and didn't like he didn't stand up for her enough and I think Estelle kind of gave her the push to be more than Vion and so maybe that's why she I don't want to say she loves her more but she does take care of her grave she goes back and visits Estelle's home like she talks about Estelle far more than her parents when she goes back home yeah and I think it was like that was the biggest break for me 
in uh, Addie's curse is that scene Estelle doesn't even remember her and she's the one that taught her how to pray to the gods. Yeah. And so I think that hit her the most because Estelle was believable. We believed what was coming out of her mouth, you know, and Addie was like, she, she knows and she understands me, this one person. So of course she's going to like hold her up on this pedestal and she takes even like better care of her grave. And it's like, okay, like you truly knew this woman way more than I think she knew her own, her own parents. Yeah. That's good. It's just another reminder of how alone she is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Chapter two, Henry invites Addie to stay at his apartment and gives her space in his drawer, which was sweet. Cute. The drawer scene. So cute. <laughs> Chapter three, Addie spends an anniversary in church. She's back in back in France, and she is spending her anniversary in a church. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny that Luke takes her to a church, and then he says that he lets soul, or he says that God lets souls wither on shelves. I just water them. I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, this chapter chapter was loaded. Once again, we have V. Schwab, including religion in her book. And I do like that Addie asks Luke, or I don't know if she's asking Luke or herself, but she's like, why, um, how am I supposed to believe in something that I can't see or feel? You know, how, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people ask themselves that. And I don't know I just thought it was a really good chapter as far as you know how people can relate to Addie and her plight with religion if you will um mm-hmm. she you know she believes in Luke because she can see him and he gives her things and but at the same time so that's all that's mm-hmm. all I really got out of that chapter but I thought it was a really good one of the better chapters in this section like, yeah, and he even gives her, like, the ideas to, like, what a soul looks like. Yeah. Like, that's towards the end. I don't know. So, like, as much as Addie isn't sure, like, what type of religion she believes in, it's so interesting to me that because Luke has made himself a tangible being— something that is comfortable for her and something that is coming back and being a part of her life, of course she's going to start believing him. Even though she knows that Mm -hmm. he really wants her curse to be over (laughs) at the end of it. Um, But yet a, a character becomes believable when now you've established a relationship. Yeah. There's been heated arguments. There's been lovely get-togethers that we don't want to admit that they're lovely. And he's there that when she's uncomfortable, you know, and when she's sad, when she's happy, he's present for all of these things. So, of course, she's going to grow attached to him. Yeah. I like to, um, throughout this whole book, I mean, we're both, we both grew up with religion pretty prominent in our lives. Um, Ashley's more of a churchgoer than I am, but... Uh, church was very big in my house when I was a kid and one thing they teach you I don't know if you were 
taught this too when you like when you read the Bible went to church but that the devil comes in many forms and it's often something that is going to attract you to do bad things so the devil might be might come in the form of alcohol or whatever whatever is going to get you mm-hmm. that's the form that it comes in and for mm-hmm. Luke I kind of equated him to that logic he is whatever people need if they need power if they want money if they want their life he that's what he personifies is whatever that vice is and for Addie it seems like he keeps coming to her and he's like okay what what say you and she's like no and it could be that bottle of alcohol yes she fell for it once but is she gonna take another drink no she keeps pushing him away and pushing him away and pushing him away and then finally and we find out in New Orleans that she takes a drink and you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I was kind of like thinking of it that way and not so much a man so I don't know if he swallowed oh yeah no it's not go ahead because he's not even a man like we see what happens to him what what he actually is a monster that he becomes because he even shows himself in one of his many uh hats to people differently it's however they've found comfort in him you know and it's like it's just exactly what you're saying like it's gonna come disguised however it's going to become your biggest downfall because you're gonna say yes at some point so chapter four is what the the whispering gallery yeah that was cute that's like what i was like oh (laughs) yeah that's pretty much my my notes oh (laughs) (laughs) chapter five is the french revolution and luke rescues addy it was oh my gosh it was so funny uh, because I put on 320, he says to her, ah, that isn't war. It's only a squirmish. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> because she's like, oh my gosh, war's coming. He's like, man, that's not war. <laughs> yeah. That's just them playing games. We'll be fine. <laughs> I think this chapter has a really big foreshadow because she's, she keeps asking him, well, she will. Well, okay. So he rescues her. And she's like, is this kindness? And he's like, don't mistake, don't mistake my deeds for kindness. He's telling her, um, I, I, I'm the devil. I'm going to lie. I'm going to say whatever you want to hear. Don't trust me. He tells her plain, mm-hmm. plain as day. So I took that as a mm-hmm. very big foreshadow. Well, yeah, he literally wants to be the one who breaks her. Mm-hmm. It's a giant, it's a giant game, and there are some moments that we'll talk about in a few minutes. But it's like you kind of go back and forth with like, does he actually care about her safety? No, because he said not to trust him. But there are moments where you're like, does he? Does he like? Is I there? Um, there's a couple more wars, of course, that she goes through, and there's one where she doesn't take his offer to be transported somewhere else, and then there's one where he's like, "I'm getting you out of here," because she asked for help. 
so it's like there was just a tiny a tiny little doubt that I had where I was like maybe he has some quality of kindness no no he's a devil he's a devil he's not yeah. kind this is not well, I mean, if you as a reader are having doubts, imagine this poor girl that's living through it, even though she's a fictional character. Oh, but I mean, oh. imagine her like confusion and need and, you know, poor thing. Uh-huh. Or Henry is saying like, he just left you there. <laughs> How many times did we read that? He just left you there? <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Number chapter six, Henry and Addie have a fight about stealing and survival. That stealing comes up again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you have anything? Um, yeah, I put that there was a quote that I wrote down, which was, um, the silent aftermath of storms is the damage not yet talked because they talk about like how like they don't like figure it out right away and there's this foreshadowing into the storms again Mm -hmm. you know this spiral this depression that comes with these storms as Schwab has deemed depression is the in the form of storms in the story um and I'm like oh yep it's so true it's so true (laughs) Just the words. The words are just so true. Yeah. Okay, chapter seven. Addie is in Italy and finds out that she can leave a mark. I think is this is the Renata guy, Matteo. Yeah. Matteo. Mm-hmm. I have nothing else. Okay. Chapter eight. Addie and Henry listen to music in the park. This is the Toby chapter mm-hmm. where she sees Toby again. Yep. Uh, did you have anything? Yep. I'm... No. Mm-mm. The only thing not I that had one. in this one is I, I'm not sure if this is true or not because I'm reading this in a book. Uh, normally when I read books, sometimes I'm on a Kindle and I can like search for words in the text, but I couldn't do this here. But I'm not sure, but I think this is one of the first times she starts to describe herself as a ghost. And before this, it was always Henry describing himself as a ghost. And from here on to the end of the book, she is described as a ghost. She describes herself as a ghost a lot. And we don't hear it from Henry anymore, about Henry anymore. It's all about her. Okay. Yeah, because on the next page in chapter nine, she says she is a ghost, a gossamer laid like film across the work. But she is there. She is there. It's talking about like she was looking for Mateo's um, art in the art gallery yeah. in England. This okay, so this next chapter, this chapter nine that I was just talking about, um, I noted that uh, with Luke's eye color changing, his eyes go black. Yeah, did you catch that? Yeah, and this is where we're taken to Air Beethoven's apartment. Yeah. And this is where she basically sees Luke, how he truly is, and it's frightening to her. You know, just the idea, like, what what happens at the end. So I can just envision her going, yeah, I'm okay. You want my soul? I'm okay. I see what happens when you say surrender or say the words or however the end of this is. (laughs) 
Yeah. Which I thought was odd that he would show her that. It's like, that's not exactly enticing. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. Now. (laughs) Anything else in chapter nine? Mm Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Chapter 10, we find out that Henry can take a picture through her, but he can only, he only was able to take a picture of her feet. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, that's how, that's basically all I have. I wonder if V. Schwab got that inspiration from all those bookstagrammers who, like, take pictures of their feet. <laughs> I had There's to say There's people it. who take pictures of your feet? There's yeah. people who take pictures of their feet? Well, you know, they take the perspective of looking down and their feet are in the shot. Like, it might be, they might have shoes on, but it's like their feet are in the shot. Oh. That. <laughs> It's like there's just a bunch of naked feet. No, all over. ew, ew! You make me sound like a weird foot person. Gross! I am not taking looking at feet. I don't like feet, so no. <laughs> oh my goodness! Sorry, guys. <laughs> all right, let's keep going. Chapter eleven. Addie visits her home again, and she gets another visit from Luke. Hundred and I just noted hundred and forty years gone. You know, um, it's no longer the same as she left it. That much I noted because it's like, okay, you've been gone this long. Like it's, you're coming back again and again. It's not going to maintain its same form that you're used to. Um, and so her seeing that I think really gets to her because she's not changing. She's still the same look. Her body, like all of it, like everything looks the same, but yet the world is changing around her and she can't stop it. Yeah. So, but that's all I have. Okay. Um, chapter 12, Henry's birthday. And, oh, that was a different, my bad. I was wrong about chapter eight. So chapter 12 is when Toby plays in the park. Mm-hmm. And this was a really tough chapter for Addie. <laughs> she gets really I sad. Uh, I know there's there's one part, and it's a it's a paragraph of it. But I mean, she talks she talks about how she is. Um, she compares the world to Orpheus, and she is Eurydice. And every time they turn back, she's ruined. So she's making like this Greek reference to, you know, her ghost form, right? Mm-hmm. Or not being present. Um, and then on page 347, when Henry's asking her if she has feelings for Toby still, and she says, I want to be honest to say that of course she does she never gets closure never gets to say goodbye no periods or exclamations just a lifetime eclipse is uh or no ellipses so sorry everyone else starts over they get a blank page but hers are full of text people talk about carrying torches for old things and it's not a full fire but Addie's hands are full of candles how is she supposed to set them down or put them out she has long run out of air and it's just like here I just if you, you haven't bled for this girl yet 
it's just like just bleeding all over the place. Yeah. The picture of the heart with the holes in it, like that's just how I felt in this moment. I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, this girl has nothing. She has nothing except the little pieces she has carried with her because she remembers everything after the curse. Every every moment where she is, what she did. Um, it's so sad. It's so sad. It really is. Anything else in chapter twelve? No. Um, chapter thirteen, we get another anniversary. And Addie and Luke attend the Wagner play of Tristan and Isolts, which I personally think is a foreshadow. I yeah, think, yeah, 100% it is. She is Tristan and he is Isolts, I think. I think it's swapped. If you don't know what yeah. the opera is about, look it up. There are a lot of books that are inspired by this play because this is not the first book I've read this year that's inspired by this play. I was like, this sounds familiar. Uh-huh. And I looked up, I was like, oh, I read a book that had this in it. I can't remember which book it was, but I definitely read a book this year. I think there was a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, I think I just, uh, the thing that I thought was funny was the strangest deal that Luke has ever made was with Joan of Arc. She wanted a soulless sword so that she could not be struck down yeah. with the sword in her hand, which I thought was hilarious because all of these well-renowned people that have made marks in history have all made a deal with the devil. It's all Pretty the Illuminati. Yeah. I, I said that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> And that's all I have for 13. All right. 14th is the 4th of July. And I didn't have anything. I did not take many notes this time around. Not gonna lie. No. This is where I was like, okay. <laughs> Luke totally slept with Addie. I let it, I, I wrote it down. I okay. was like, they had sex. Yep. That happened. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so what, chapter 15? Yeah. Luke visits in winter this time during New Year's Eve. Usually he visits on their anniversary, but he may have stopped on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Part six. We get Toby Marsh's... Toby Marsh? I feel like that's from She's the Man. Maybe not. Um, I feel like <laughs> I feel like Toby Marsh is a name <laughs> I've heard before. And I know the character in She's I, the Man was named Toby, but I don't think his last name was Marsh. Sorry. <laughs> Part six, uh, yeah, starts off with his song that's become famous. And then chapter one, Luke visits Addie when she returns home and Estelle's tree is gone. Oh, yeah. So in this chapter, I had a few things because there's this been there's been this poll right between in Addie and Luke tells her that he misses her company generally. Uh, and he gives her her ring back, her dad's ring back um, and tells her that she knows how to summon God's. So now he's, like, giving her a way to call on him at any given moment whenever she needs help. 
And I find it interesting because for her to don the ring would be to fold, to admit defeat and surrender. Like if she does use this ring to call on him, you know, what is that saying about her character? She's held on for so long, right? (laughs) So, so long. And he tries to move her away from the fact that war was coming again. And she refuses, but literally states a few minutes later is like, but I should have said yes. And it's the fact that Luke was so like worried about it because he says to her, you're still a stubborn fool. And he leaves the grim way that he spoke of like the coming strife. It's a sign that even gods and devils dread a fight. It's what Schwab had written, and I was like, huh, okay. So maybe she said, listen to him. Maybe he does have her best interest at heart. Maybe he doesn't, because he's a devil. There's no way. No. My brain has been going back and forth between this. He's a liar. Like, there's just so many things. It's like, ah. Oh. He's <gasps> a liar. I don't believe anything he says. I I believe a little bit like I do think he's lonely because he's met his match (laughs) and he's formed a relationship but you have to be human to do that I don't know but at the same time he ultimately wants her soul that's all he is Mm -hmm. is a soul getter so all right chapter two is her 300th anniversary and the ring keeps reappearing. Uh-huh. And this is the first time they say I love you. Yeah, I just roll a smiley face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is how sappy Ashley is, you guys. <laughs> I was looking at, I don't know if I read it on Goodreads or Book 2, but somebody was like, this is insta-love. And I'm like, pretty sure they've been dating since March. And it would not be insta-love. Mm-hmm. It's like four months. No, honey. Yeah, I know. So I had to They're on a whole different spectrum of their relationship. Like, they're clicking in areas where that takes years for for normal couples to, like, click through. This isn't insta-love. This is just, I understand you. Yeah. And I see you. (laughs) Yeah. All right, chapter three is the Roaring Twenties, and Luke tells Addie she is not human, which that really struck something in her. Which she's not, mm-hmm. and she has to come to the realization she's not human. Yeah. Yeah, and she's, I mean, and this is where she admits that she is, like, lonely without him. Like, something... I like wrote down, I was like, oh, she's like actually telling herself like, yeah, girl, you're lonely when he does not show up. And as much as you, you know, don't want him to be there, you're almost glad that he's there because he's the only constant in your life right now. Yeah. Um, the only one who remembers her. Um, he, I wrote that Luke tries so hard to get her to cave that he actually in quotes he actually stumbles when she rejects him because he's trying to play this different card like this Mm -hmm. uh why don't you date me why don't you love me like 
did you really stumble into this bar or did I plan it all? Hmm, I don't know, Addie. Maybe you're the one following me. I'm not following you. I've got stuff to do. (laughs) Yeah. Please. 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 Because she's still, like, not not doing it at this point in time. She's still not doing it. And he's like, why in the world is the girl taking forever to say yes? Well, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that farther down. Okay. This, okay. This next chapter. Okay. I texted you. I texted you mm-hmm. when this happened. Yeah. I was, I'm like, no, 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 no. I knew it. The first podcast, I knew it. I said, I said, he did not ask for a lifetime. There's no way. No well, way. I know. He told her he asked for a lifetime. He lied. I know. I, but I knew he was lying. Oh. There is no, no way. I knew he was lying. And then I wrote down, like, there would be no way that Luke would ever give another human so much time not after her. Yeah, that's a good point. So, like, you know, <laughs> she'd take it a bit. He's like, uh-uh. You know. Max is a few years. I don't know. When you mate your next big break. Yeah. And then 12 hours equals 12 months. That's why he has the watch. Yep. 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 I noted that she says it is not love. It is enough. So once again, mm-hmm. like all of the words that Henry has used in his previous chapter, she's now using uh, ghost and now she said enough a couple times she's referenced that term mm-hmm. so yep. she doesn't you know she doesn't know what love is because no one can remember her long enough to love her but so all she can go on is this feeling that she has and for her it's enough mm-hmm. so I like that for her and then, anyway I did too I like the fact that it wasn't like the sappy romance between them. Yeah. It's like literally exactly what each other needed. Yeah. yeah. So for chapter five. Yeah. It's confirmed that Henry almost killed himself, which we didn't see before. We didn't see the fact that he was like going to commit suicide. And Luke pops up the moment he's getting ready to take a step off the ledge. No. Yeah, I because when I was rereading this book and I read the chapter where he just like sits on the stoop and talks to him and talks to Luke, I was like, I swear he tried to commit suicide. I recall remember I recall reading that. And yeah, once again he lied. Again, he lied to the reader mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh but yeah, this was this was terrible. I'm so mad at his friends knowing that he knows he is an alcoholic and that he is heartbroken and they just let him go i was like oh come on you guys don't do that i hated that so bad (sighs) it made me upset because it's like how many times you know in our everyday lives do we just bypass someone's emotions like that like just think nothing of it like they're fine it's fine it's not fine, yeah. you know, and Schwab does a really good job of really bringing a lot of these things to light that people are going through or have gone through. It's not a joke. 
you know? Yeah. I'm like, but no. <sighs> Once again, this is a really good chapter, a really good written chapter by Schwab. Oh, it's like poetry yeah it is so poetry good. like the, so um i mean just the fact that she repeats like at some point at some point at some, it's poetry it's that's what it is yeah the repetition like that yeah mm-hmm. um chapter six Addie begs luke to reverse henry's curse she agrees to spend the nights um i wrote down because luke had said to Addie. um they always know meaning like the people that he comes to uh know what they're giving up they just don't they don't just accept the cost the soul is the easiest thing to trade it's the time no one considers which i thought was so powerful because like you you know you want to fix this right now you want instant relief instant satisfaction action gratitude whatever it is instant love and no one considers like that's why there is a struggle to get towards them you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes time to lay these foundations and luke is like right on the money there because he's like they just are unaware that it, it costs time and so he makes it easy but yet there's a cost yeah no uh, and and i want to say because she asked henry the question she goes how how could you give up so much for so little and henry replies to her in that moment i would have given it for less and i just like reflected back on like when Addie made her deal with the darkness have you not learned anything <laughs> you know like how could you give up so much for so little of a thing? And it's, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And when yeah. you're suffering that badly, hello, you would give up anything, anything just to feel relief. These are big topics in this book. Yeah, they're very big topics. Big topics. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, I think that's all I have for this chapter, though. Yeah. Chapter 7, Addie was a spy in World War II and got caught by the Germans. And Luke saves her. Mm-hmm. I found it interesting that this was the first war that she's like, I want to help. I want to do something. Like, she doesn't just want to be like a wraith in the wind. She wants to actually help her country. Yeah. Because she's from France, you know, like <laughs> she wants to help them. Um, and of course, she uses the ring and Luke brings her back to Boston. She's breaking. Uh, kind of. <laughs> um, chapter eight Addie leaves with Luke. That's all I had. Yeah. Chapter nine is when they first get together Addie and Luke for the first time yeah yeah how'd I mean, you feel about she, this she chapter went this long that's a long time to deny the I mean okay I understand he's the devil but he's the only person who knows her 
and for her to just be like ill get away from me that's hard especially as I said before when he is a vice he is a he is a temptation he is made to be tempting and she 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 takes a temptation you can't fault her for that Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and she's well over 200 years old at this point yeah like I I applaud her for going that long for holding her ground I really do and I don't I don't blame her for wanting to feel loved and accepted by someone who knows her and like actually her now could we really classify Luke as a person well in this context she has made him a person she's made him a tangible thing Mm -hmm. so I would whether he's the devil or not you know um and then he even to her which is just like okay you know there's there's the part where it says, you know, when they finally collide, it's a force of bodies kept too long apart. It's a battle waged on bed sheets, you know, and in the morning, the whole room shows sign of war because it's like, OK, they've been how many years <laughs> keeping each other like this or Addie keeping him like this or Luke keeping her like this? Come on. And then we see like the switch. And I like thought to myself, I was like, OK, so. We know that Luke is a liar. We know that what he's doing is either because he has some humanity or it's because he's trying a different tactic. It's been over 200 years and this girl still ain't dead. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if he gets something out of it in return, fine. Sounds good. (laughs) That's all I have for this one. Yeah, that's all I had. Okay. Chapter... What was that? Chapter... Ten? Ten. Yeah, it's still a continuation. So we... She's just telling herself, it's only sex, it's only sex, it's not love. He is not human, this is not love. She's trying to convince herself. Chapter ten, Addie has to remind herself that what she... Wait, what? Yeah. Chapter eleven. Chapter (laughs) eleven. Addie and Luke eat at a French restaurant and Luke genuinely this is what I had he confuses possession with uh, he confuses love with possession mm-hmm. which a lot of humans do as well yep yep um, I thought it was interesting that we learned that Luke can't force her to do things because he has no power over promised souls their will is their own which I thought was interesting you know because yet again it's he's mixing up love with possession like he's used to getting whatever he wants and doing whatever it's like well that's not that's not really love you're buying them or making them so yeah that's all I have for that. Um, the only other thing I noted was he, at the very beginning of this chapter, he's like, do you remember the opera in Munich? And she's like, of course, I remember everything. And he said, the way you looked at the players on stage as if you'd never seen theater before. Um, he said, I knew I'd never win. Like, because she kept seeing new things. She kept seeing elephants. She kept seeing new stuff. And she's not going to give it up. And so now, 
I think at that point he was like, all right, I need to up my game because my little like coming to her thinking she's lonely isn't going to work. So I need to break her heart and change his. Yeah, he tried to break her heart, but she wasn't falling for that mess either. So now he has to find somebody else to do it. Kind of. Mm-hmm. and yeah chapter 12 he gives her a home so this is tell him he knows what she wants she wants a home and he gives her a home <laughs> in new orleans and this is the infamous new orleans she keeps talking about new orleans new orleans a whole book and we finally get it at the end of the book <laughs> mm-hmm well, and we also learned, too, that Addie only is able to carry two things with her this whole entire journey. And it's only things that Luke has gifted her with. So yet again, it's another way for him to assert himself into her being, like, and just existing at all. She is now given back thing that she sold herself with the first time, and... He gets her a leather jacket off of a model yeah. that she is still has now. You know, he tells her he loves her and she says, don't pretend this is love. And, you know, and then they go into this whole thing, you know, about like what love is and all this stuff. But then he gives her a home. So he's now he's warming up to that part of her heart that hasn't felt that in so long a place for her to call her own and to be in her own place and to put things in and a key. There's like a tangible key, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just... He, she mentions the leather jacket earlier in the book and how those are the only two things that she can keep. So I kind of knew that he gave her the jacket because he gave her the ring. And I'm wondering now if, cause he gave her a home. And I'm wondering if he burned that shit to the ground so that she could not go back to it because he did not want her to have a home because that's all she really wanted Uh was what one thing she wanted was a place to go. I think he burned it down so that she couldn't like she could keep the jacket, she keep the ring. She can't keep her home if it's burned down. That is some sadistic shit. (laughs) He's Mm -hmm. a horrible person, not a person. But, you know, (laughs) disconfirmed. No, it really it really is because, well, he made uh she makes him mad, <laughs> you know, because she figures him out, you know, she figures out, which is the few chapters. We literally were almost there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she figures out that he's like trying to romanticize her to get her to say yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, let me give you everything you want and then I'm going to take it away. And then you'll want to die. Yep. That's his whole game plan, man. Uh Uh-huh. So, chapter 13, he takes her to a rooftop club. And I like that the gate, or the door, it looks like the gates to hell from Rodan. I was like, and I had to look it up. I was like, well, first of all, that door is beautiful. But yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh Uh-huh. And his name is Mr. Green. I was cracking up. It kind of made me think of Lucifer. Remember we watched that first half episode of Lucifer and he owns that club? It's like, is he like, is that like he what it is? All these 
speakeasies. Yeah. Oh, God. The name of the bar is The Low Road. <laughs> That's so Lucifer. I wonder if Vishwa was watching Lucifer when she read. I, I'm kidding. She didn't. I don't know. It's funny. I don't know. But it is funny. Uh, so this one, I only had a quote that Addie says, you know, because she's trying to prove to Lucifer, basically, or Luke, Satan, however you want to say his name, um, that humans are messy. That's the wonder of them. They live and love and make mistakes. So she's trying to prove to him, like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about, about humans. Mm-hmm. She's not actually human. And then I quoted... Uh, you know, he tells her like, okay, so we have to do this balance thing, right? So if I save Henry, a soul has to be paid. Like a price has to be paid. Like it's, it's the balance of the nature. Like if you want something to live, something has to die. And I thought to myself, I was like, oh, is she going to actually lose someone in that bar? And she does. Like she is willing to sacrifice someone else's life just to save this one other person's the one that care cares about her wholeheartedly that she cares about and i'm like (sighs) you know and then he tells her like oh well you uh have changed more than you think like you're not the same person either (laughs) yeah 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 i was like (sighs) oh Uh, chapter 14, Luke admits all of the homemaking was a game. What well, we said, house burned mm-hmm. down. And then chapter 15, he reveals so that sad. he put Henry in her path. So how far in the book did you figure that out? Or did you? Well, I thought to myself, I was like, there is no, there's no way that it was like by chance, you know, I assumed that he would, that he put Henry in her pathway. I did not think that he was aware of the loophole in the curses. That much I wasn't like, I didn't quite pick up on that. Because I was like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I like... Yeah, I definitely did not see that. The first time I read this book, I saw it immediately when Henry was introduced because he looks like Luke. He has black hair and pale eyes. And I was like, oh, damn, this is this is this is he's setting her up for failure. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing, once again, I usually what Ashley and I do is when we finish a book we go back and we look at Goodreads and YouTube and BookTube to find out what people didn't like about it especially if we did like it what people are their issues with the book and one thing that comes up a lot is that this book is predictable a lot of people are saying this book is predictable and I'm going to argue that point because yes I too predicted that Henry was a that Luke set her up with Henry. I predicted that he did that on purpose so that she would want Henry to live and that she was going to sacrifice herself for him. I predicted that. However, in my opinion, that doesn't make it predictable because Schwab foreshadows everything. She's telling you everything. She's telling, Luke tells Addie, don't mistake 
my good deeds for kindness that's a foreshadow the fact that that henry looks like luke is a foreshadow in itself like so in my opinion Mm -hmm. that's not predictability that's schwab letting you know to not focus on that that's not the focal point of the book it's to focus on the relationships and you know Mm -hmm. her her conflict with you know immortality and just what love is like that's what you should be focusing on predictability if a book is predictable it's because an author doesn't know how to write an original story and they just follow formula and that's not what V.E. Schwab is doing here so yes we can predict what's happening but she's but she's she's telling you what's happening through foreshadow that's that's how you tell a story yeah no and I think I have to agree with you like I saw some people say that as well and I was like what what on earth is is predictable about that and I say that because like there are certain things that authors will write down because they want the reader to be aware of it. That's not the overarching story. Schwab has laced so many things in this book that are so much deeper than the fact that Henry mirrors Luke. Of course he does. Of course he does. But why is that? Mm-hmm. You know, everything that, that you said, I mean, it's... I agree with you 110% like that is not the story here that's not it like everything is given to us in a way so then we can you know dissect the book how we want to see the original message of this book she doesn't want us to focus on little stuff like that like she's telling you it, it for a reason it's not like you know the whole entire plot of this story. There's a difference between a book being predictable and us getting characters that you're like, oh, okay, well, I already know like generally what could possibly happen because you've read stories like that before, Yeah. right? But it's how we get to that point in the end. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think they just missed it. I think they missed a deeper issue of this book. I agree. You know? Which I think a lot of people also missed with songbirds and snakes, if we want to even get into that. I agree. <laughs> you know? I agree, yeah. But they somehow didn't miss it Listen to that Sun. It's like, okay. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, so chapter 16 is terrible because Henry is saying his goodbyes. I was trying oh very hard not to cry. This is very sad. It will be okay. It will be okay. It will it's be all okay. okay. Stay with me. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And chapter um, seventeen and eighteen is more last moments, especially for the two of them. Oh, I've literally wrote down. It's like a ticking time bomb. That's what I wrote down. I was just waiting for this thing to explode. Yes. Chapter 19, we learn that... 18. Eight, well, I said 17 and 18 were more or less moments. Oh, sorry. Yeah, she says, I haven't told you how it ends. So I knew something was amiss when she gets up in the middle of the night. I was like, what's she doing? She's up to something. And uh-huh. she is up to sacrificing her life for Henry. Uh-huh. And I wrote down the quote because that's just, I was taking vivid note taking. 
You know, and here she says, let him live, let him remember me, and I will be yours as long as you want me by your side. I'm like, okay, it's all in the detail. All in the detail, the words. And once again, I wrote it down because foreshadowed. Schwab foreshadowed that. Mm -hmm. It's not predictable. It's not like we were actually now we're talking about should she have written that last chapter technically she probably didn't need to if you were paying attention to all of her text clues go ahead <gasps> oh okay what's the oh okay so 20 20 oh. so oh she says goodbye oh that last line is a doozy by the time his arms close around her she's gone and he is falling oh my god I know. I know. I got chills and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was so sad. I literally wrote down, why? Why? You have to, you know, and she's telling him, like, you have to let people see you for who you are, find people who see you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. My heart was just breaking, breaking in half. Yeah. I think I don't like reading books like this because of all the emotions, but I love it at the same time. Oh, I say you do or you don't. (laughs) Um, I think that Henry, um, Addie was able to let Henry know that he is enough because I think that's what he wanted. He just wanted to be enough, and he, in her eyes, or you know, he was enough for her, and so he did not have this huge. Even though he said he's falling. He didn't literally fall this time Mm -hmm. like he did with the dancer. Chapter one, we get a new part, part seven, chapter one, and we get Henry's pictures of Addie and her face is blurred except for her feet. And in chapter one Mm -hmm. is the very next day. And he is looking through her journals, their journals. Okay. So with seven, you know how we talked about the freckles on her face? Mm -hmm. There are seven stars, right? Mm -hmm. I wrote down, could it be that there are seven notebooks, seven books, right? Because there there is six written, there are six written Mm -hmm. notebooks on his shelf, but she tells him the last part of the story before he writes it down. So he has the last book to write, the last ending of her story. Mm-hmm. So, mm. There's the stars. The stars are her story. Oh, story is her stars. Okay, I think I've got it. It's not her lovers, because I counted. There yeah. yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah, that makes sense now. That doesn't make sense. All right, chapter okay. two. Henry tells her story in a book with the same title. So we've basically been reading Henry's book the whole yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. I did not catch that, and I loved every minute of it when I found it out. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I thought, and I, w- I had meant to ask you this in earlier podcasts. I wanted to ask you what you thought about the way the story was told. Because it was like, Addie wakes up. Addie, Addie is running. There's a girl who's, the very first chapter, there's a girl running away. And I'm like, a girl is running for her life. I'm like, who tells a story like that? 
that's not normal to tell it's either you know first second third pov and i'm like what is this and i meant to ask you and it i just never found the time to do it but now it makes sense because someone is telling her story <sighs> yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so he is the story keeper and he was also the storyteller yeah in a way you know yes he played both roles mm-hmm. because she could not tell her story through anyone else but through the story keeper. Yes. Agreed. So that's all I had. Except for, you know, Bay, she was right the whole entire time. You know, she had this crazy idea about, you know, this girl that is this muse for this art everywhere. Why is it the same girl? What what did she do? Why is she so important? Because, you know, she's leaving these distinct facial markings that everyone can see over the centuries and why. And I was like, you know, through all of that, they was still like, um, I didn't lose my mind here, you know, mm. which I like that. I, I like the fact that she was on to something because it helped tie up her character and her character's like little side story. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. And then the very last chapter is Addie tricks Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, we all knew that like something was amiss, right? Or at least I did. I was like, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, all homegirls on to something. And... I found it interesting because we see in this chapter that, like, Luke is satisfied for once. Or or at least he's omitting this, like, satisfied look about him. He's like, I've won. She's mine. You know, after all these years, like, you know, I enjoy your company, so I'm just going to let her be alive for right now because I'm, I'm I'm enjoying this. But I've, I've won. You know, and then all of a sudden we see this twist because she's like, if only he knew that I've been spending 300 years uh, examining his moods and his tones and his eye color, like what type of uh, mood he is in that day. And she knows them all, knows his temper, his wants, his thoughts, just by studying his eyes and like, he has never learned to read her own. And I was like, oh, Sam, she's going to kill you. <laughs> she's going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Because um, that, I was like, okay, okay, girl. Like, because she's already said goodbye to Henry. Like, she's already kind of laid ties there. Like, you know, she knows that she probably will never get to, like, be in love with him again in today's day and age because she's got to break the devil. And that takes time. Yes. In our last podcast, I think we talked about how, once again, people did, had issued with um, the reoccurring mentioning of his eye color. And you said then that his eye color changes with mood. And... Uh, mm-hmm. people are once again missing the point you're missing the point folks yes she repeats his eye color but it is for a reason 
And in the previous chapter, she says she has learned the language of his eyes. It's important. It's not just something that Schwab is repeating because she ain't got nothing better to do. There's a reason for it. Even when other people see Luke and his eyes are different, when Henry sees Luke for he basically jumps, he sees um, snake eyes like little slits. And like you said, Beethoven, his eyes were black. Like to other people, his eyes are different. So it meant something. It's, it's there for a reason. And that's what I applaud Schwab for doing because throughout this whole book, when she gives us information, it's not just, you know, eh, take it as you will. It all goes together there wasn't a part where I was like "Mm, I didn't need to know that why is she telling me about this no because it was for a reason when you learn about all of Addie's lovers I mean hello she starts the next part with a picture of that particular artist that she was with or that she influenced it's not just because yes like there's a reason why. There's a reason why we keep going back to France. There's a reason why Henry is so important. There's a reason why Henry feels the way that he does. Like, there's all of these things. And it's like, an even small ones, like, with the eye color thing. I'm like, did anyone else not notice that his eye color switched a handful of times in the first, like, part that we read? In the first 159 pages, I caught it at least three times changing color. Yeah. But I'm weird. I'm weird about details. I'm a detail person. I'm that person when we watched The Witcher, Don and I, that I'm like, did you see him? Did you see his eyes? Did you see the pendant? Yeah, the pendant I changed. Even, <laughs> I didn't even notice the Witcher's eyes changed in the first freaking frame of the show. I was like, what? I didn't see anything. Ashley's <laughs> over here like, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> yeah, I miss that. Yeah. So, I mean, right. overall, I I loved this book. I, I loved this book. What would you give it? The first time I read it, I gave it a two, a, not a two, I'm sorry, a 4.25. <laughs> a 4.25. I am going to bump it up to a 4.5. And my biggest issue the first time reading it was I wanted more of, the push and pull of Luke and Addie and I felt like I didn't get it the first time but reading reading it again I realized I was wrong that there was a lot of you know like anger moments and love moments and um, kindness moments and or faux kindness moments I don't know what I was reading the first time but upon reading it again like I said I was wrong it was there and so I am going to bump it up to a four and a half. I can't give it a four. I can't give it a five. I don't know why. Because usually when I give book a five, it's because I cried. I had this emotional reaction to the book. I loved everything or mostly everything. And I, I honestly can say there's nothing really... There's nothing that I hated or really, really disliked. I don't even have a lot of nitpicks. I think the only thing that I had a problem with was I I thought Addie could have been a better character. She's not the most original character I've read. 
especially when you're standing her next to Henry. Like, I thought Henry is probably one of the more, more fascinating hen- books I've read or characters I've read in a really long time. Standing her next to him, she's not as good. She's good, but she's not as good as Henry. And I think that's the only issue. I didn't mm-hmm. love Addie more than I... I wanted to love her more. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. you? And I think I... Yeah, I think I have to agree with you because I was also on the fence. I was bet- I'm between, you know, uh, I was between a 4.5 and a 5 for the longest time. And I'm like, I don't know if I can give it a 5. And I think it's just because I had like a tiny little nitpick. But it's not really like that big of a deal. Um, but I would have to agree with you with that statement. Like, I-, I liked Henry more than Addie because Addie was very original plain Jane personality there wasn't anything in particularly special about her other than her curse Mm -hmm. so I mean I could even give it a 475 I could do that like (laughs) um but this book like I had I'm the same way as you like when I give a book a five it's because I have all the emotions I can't stand it I I can't keep quiet about what's happening. Like I texted you the moment I finished this book and it was like, (laughs) yeah, because in that moment, I didn't know if I was supposed to cry, if I was supposed to be happy or angry or angry, happy or happy, sad, sad, happy. I don't know. Like I was such a mixture of emotions because I thought Henry was going to die. I totally thought Luke was going to be like psych he's gone taking him away so when he didn't I was like oh this is a game changer I was not expecting this you know Mm -hmm. um so and I mean there was just a little part which you and I talked about this with um Addie's tone throughout the book like the how she speaks is very much so modern day language. But as we discussed, um, you know, this book's being written through Henry's eyes. So of course it's going to have this tone of a 21st century person versus someone from the 17th century. Um, and I think that, that there was a pull between Addie and Luke so when you just yeah. said that, I was like, ooh, did you not say that, girl? It was, like, all over the page. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, told, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'll admit. I was wrong. I was wrong. But if you have not read this book and you have trudged through it with us, sorry that we spoiled it for you. But I hope you weren't listening to the spoilers and didn't read the book. What? I know, right? <laughs> But this book was so worth it. It was so worth all the time that we put into it. So we hope you guys really like it. Um, Next month, we are going to be discussing Saba's last book in the Ember and the Ashes series called A Sky in the Storm. And then I think Don and I are going to be signing off of some YA novels for the rest of the year. Because we have read a lot. Don has read, oh my goodness, what? I'm 80 at 85. Wife. I'm at 85, yeah. yeah. So Don's a little burnt out on 
a particular section of books. <laughs> YA. We're going to be switching to adult. Ashley is also going to be switching to some adult just because it'll be good. So if you guys have any recommendations, yeah. please leave us some comments. If you don't follow us on our Instagram page, we are the Novel Universe. I think it's the Novel Universe on Pod on Instagram. Novel Universe Pod. We are. Sorry, guys. Novel Universe Pod. Yes. But leave us a comment there. And yes. thank you for joining us. And we will catch you in the next podcast. Bye. Bye.